Chris Perspective. Hello and welcome to this edition of Paris Perspective with me, David Coffey. Now, 13 years after holding the previous European presidency, France has once again taken the helm of the Council of the European Union for the next six months. Now, French President Emmanuel Macron will be charged with finding common ground amongst the EU's 27 member states on several key issues, including hot potatoes, such as migration and defence, under a motto that can loosely be translated as relaunch, strength, belonging. Now, to discuss uh, France's chairmanship of the EU Council until the end of June, I'm joined in the studio today on Paris Perspective with uh, Yves Bertoncini, who's the president of the Mouvement Européen France and former director of the Jacques Delors Institute here in Paris. Yves, it's great to see you again. Thank you for the invitation. Okay, let's go straight into one of those hot potatoes that I mentioned there. The reform of the 1985 Schengen Agreement, which allows for the free movement within Europe, is going to be a top priority with regards to common a common EU approach to migration. Now, Macron recently met with his political opposite, uh, Viktor Orban in Budapest recently. Do you think France can find common ground with the likes of Hungary on such thorny issues such as migration? Well, I believe migration is the issue, not Schengen. Schengen is, a, is only a tool. Of course, it's a space, free movement of people. Uh, but uh, the, the challenge is migration on the one hand. There might also be other challenges in terms of security, terrorism. But mm. if we focus on migration, uh, the, the, the divide in Europe, you mentioned Mr. Orban, but let's mention the, the Germans, is in the perception of the migrants. For some Europeans, migrants are victims yes. to be backed and to be welcomed. Not all of them, but part of them. And for Mr. Orban and some other uh, leaders, migrants are threats. So as long as you have such a divide in the perception of the migrants, it's very difficult to find a common ground, except on the fact that you need to control the external borders of the Schengen area. Mm -hmm. Because to see if a migrants can join us or not, you need to check, you need border checks. So on this, at least, you can have a consensus uh, in Europe, including between Mr. Macron and Mr. Orban. But on the fact that once you have taken back control on the flows, mm. you accept the migrants on Europe's soil, there the divide will remain. And the Germans were very open. The new coalition in Germany is very, very open to migrations. Mr. Orban will remain very, very op opposed, including because for him it's a political trick. Of course. Because the reality is that no migrants want to settle in, in Hungary, but he wants, it's his, his interest is to show that, well, there might be an invasion. And I, I'm afraid that France is in the middle, because France and Mr. Mr. Macron is not extremely clear, is not as clear as the Germans as regards migrations, and of course, is not as opposed as, as Orban, so we'll see where, what compromises he can try and, 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 and obtain. And he has to play to the populist front as well, and Orban himself is playing to that same front because he's coming up uh, for election in April this year as well as Macron, as This he is said also earlier. the common point. And, of course, we have a lot of those uh, European states and in the Mediterranean who are very much on the front line of the migration issue who feel completely and utterly abandoned by the strategy in Brussels. So, indeed, we shall, uh, we shall see if common ground can be found there over the next six months. But 
But um, on other issues which are central to uh, this mandate of the um, European Council presidency um, is, well, defence. European um, Commission President Ursula von der Leyen um, has tabled several objectives ahead of a proposed uh, summit of European leaders uh, in the coming months. And now, uh, the last time France held the rotating EU presidency back in 2008, the last um, half of 2008, the dialogue was dominated by relations with Russia uh, over its intervention in the Georgian province of South Ossetia uh, back in the time. Now, could the same thing happen again, repeat itself, over Russia's buildup of troops on the border with Ukraine? Yeah, you're right to underline that uh, for any rotating presidency of the Mm. EU, you have a very consistent program and then facts can lead the presidency. So it's difficult to predict. Mr. Sarkozy, back in 2008, it was a presidency struck, struck by crisis, the economic and financial the crisis, Brothers yes, collapse, the invasion indeed. of Georgia, mm-hmm. plus there was even a, a constitutional no in, uh, in a referendum in Ireland. <laughs> so you don't know exactly what could happen. By the way, Mr. Macron will have, has already to face the, the pandemic crisis. Mm-hmm. And what may happen in, 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 yes, in Russia, you don't know, in Russia, in Ukraine this time, you don't know. And, and Mr. Macron would have to face this uh, and to try and find a compromise in Europe, a hard stance probably, uh, together with the, with the Americans. And I want to, I want to in, insist on this because, um, well, European defense is a, is a, is a let's say, a holy, a holy cause in France for, for, for decades, mm. uh, and uh, including where the General de Gaulle was there. And this, of course, has a link with Russia, because there are threats, and Russia is one of them. This also concerns our relations with the USA. Sure. And I believe Mr. Macron has made the right move recently to show that, well, we'll try and we'll try and have a, a more consensual European approach, more commitment from the Europeans, but in connection with the Americans, and even more precisely in connection with the NATO summits to be organized at the end of this spring, so at the end of the French presidency. Sure. So as long as he's tried, he says, well, we are going to try and, and strengthen the European pillar of mm-hmm. the Atlantic Alliance. This is a common ground. But every time he gives the impression that he wants to, you know, to have more strategic autonomy, to try and let the Americans go away. Mm. This is very, very scary for all our partners in Europe. So he has to find uh, 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 the good words to assert that, yes, including because our American allies agree with this, the Europeans should do more, but not to try and impose a French leadership when... Actually, the Europeans are much more at ease with the American one. With American leadership. Now, indeed, um, looking um, at, well, France itself, uh, uh, there was a lot of fanfare, a lot of brouhaha, has been given to the French presidency of the EU uh, and especially in the French media. Uh, why actually is that? I mean, at the end of the day, you're mentioning there that the EU are more comfortable with, uh, with the American side of things rather than a French policy being directed. The rotating presidency of the EU is essentially a chairmanship role. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is, like, is, is what France is setting on the agenda? Is it actually groundbreaking? Well, there is a... There are expectations in France, uh, yes. simply, as regards Europe. You know, many European peoples are quite okay with the EU as it is today, m- more or less. But uh, in Germany, for example, I believe the Germans 
roughly speaking, they are quite okay with Europe as it is, even if, well, of course, you can reform Europe. Emmanuel Macron was elected by many Europhile voters at the, sec at the first round, but he said immediately, well, I'm going to reset Europe, you know, the Renaissance. Uh, yeah. So now he recently just said more, more modestly, a turning point, something to reshape or something like this. So there are expectations. Mm. You have, of course, the, the role of the president, even if paradoxically enough, he is not the president of anything, Mr. Macron, because now we have a permanent president of the European yes. Council named yes. Charles Michel. Yes. But of course, he will give the impulsion and he was elected on a very ambitious European program. So that's why there is a, uh, let's say, a, you, you mentioned fanfare, at least a, an attention given to this in France, because since he has been elected based on a very ambitious program, by the way, uh, under the Ode to Joy, uh -huh. you know, the Ode to yes, Joy at the, the Louvre, anthem, yeah. at the Louvre, the anthem. So now he has to deliver, and he delivered a bit, but of course he wants to use this, uh, this presidency, to, uh, to obtain more. And he will be assessed on this point as well, so hence the public attention, at least of the inner cycles. And of course, Frau Merkel is no longer uh, at the helm of Europe as the de facto kind of um, vanguard of um, mm. everything European. Um, so with Merkel out of the way, the spotlight is very much uh, on Macron. Um, but also, there's a certain importance, I would say, because France is a founding EU member, a French presidency is more important than, say, a Czech or an Irish or a Portuguese presidency, potentially. Well, with all due respect, yes, it's, it's, it's probably true since, well, the, the countries are there, you know, all the old member states, uh, the, the experience, this, the means, political, administrative means. And, and again, for France, ambitions for Europe. You know, the projection, the French projection to Brussels is also an echo of our malaise, our national malaise, because we want to change France, we want to change Europe. I think many people would like to change the world or to, you know, to have a, another world. So High ambitions. There is a malaise. A yeah. malaise and of course, uh, you can also do positive things for negative reasons. So you have this French push, not only during the presidencies, by the way, it's all, now the presidencies, it's, you know, every other 13 years. That's so, true. no, but now, even more that well, the, the world is changing. I, I believe that, by the way, the world is becoming a, a bit more consistent with traditional French views on Europe, you know, stronger together, a more political Europe, not only free trade, uh, free movement of people, trying to reshape Europe to be more assertive on, on, on geopolitic uh, issues, on trade. So uh, I believe Macron on this in this context, can use you know the new the new yeah the new context uh, to to push forward some traditional French uh, French uh, positions under the condition that he doesn't believe that Europe could be a France in bigger. Yes, Europe can be a bit more French, but it can't be a France in bigger. Well, this kind of leads me to my next point. Uh, I mean, on the 1st of January, uh, various monuments uh, around the country were illuminated in what I call a European blue. That it's a very, you know, it's a very striking uh, dark blue um, to mark, of course, the beginning of the presidency. But the Arc de Triomphe here in Paris uh, was framing a massive European flag under its, uh, its arch. And that caused an outcry from France's right wing. Now, 
we can see coming into the election year that souverainisme, that this type of um, French nationalism is really, uh, you know, on the rise here in the country in the run-up to the elections. Um, is this coming, is this kind of rise in souverainisme, which is a hard word to nail in the English language, mm. is this coming to the detriment of European unity, especially mm. after the reaction that we saw to that flag up in the Arc de Triomphe? Well, but first of all, I want to say that this presidency in an electoral context mm -hmm. uh, is detrimental for Europe. I mean, yeah. this should have been avoided. We should have postponed or, I don't know, but it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Would to the have, legislature, uh, have, uh, legislature have allowed that? Would the Senate of the yes, National of Assembly course, could of have course. It could have been yeah. possible. You, you, but, uh, but I mean, Mr. Macron decided to maintain this calendar and then the reactions you have, you have mentioned are, are also an, uh, 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 a traduction of this because he, he becomes a target. On European affairs, as in any other ones, even if, if he could do positive things, he would be targeted negatively by his opponents. So mm -hmm. in this precise uh, uh, affair, I would say uh, putting uh, blue flags everywhere. But first, I believe it's very positive and it's welcome to put, you know, the Eiffel Tower in blue and to show that we're citizens of France and Europe. Uh, uh, so... The problem with the Arc de Triomphe was a bit more specific because it was a flag where French people are used to see a French flag or nothing. There was a European flag, which for me is fine, but but some thought this flag has nothing to do with this. These are the nationalists, you said, sovereignists. Yeah. You can say nationalists, yes, yeah. and I disagree with them. But there was another reaction. By the way, not only nationalists from the extreme right, uh, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, the radical left, left said yeah. this flag has nothing to do yeah. It, it, under the Arc de Triomphe. But some other, some said, well, yes, this flag is welcome, but there should have been the French flag. And by the way, that's the official use of the two flags, you know, the twofold citizenship. Sure. But I said this, I think many French people would have been a bit more at ease with the use of two, two flags. flags. And then if the nationalists don't agree with the European flag, yes, you can, you can, you can answer them more, let's say, uh, strengthly then when you have diverse opposition to the, the only use of the European flag. Is there such a thing as a, an extreme pro-European person who could have interpreted the flag being under the Arc de Triomphe as French dominance over, the, over Europe like it was 200 years ago? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> You're a non-French observer. I had not this in mind because maybe it's natural for French people, by the way, to lead Europe, you know, so it was not... But, that, but you're right. It was uh, probably um, maybe the intention... The most negative aspect is also that uh, this flag has been removed very rapidly. Yes, it was taken down instantly. Yeah. Very rapidly, you yeah. know, and this is a shame because either you put it, you assume you have done this and you maintain the flags a bit more or, 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 or not. But uh, so at the end of the day, I'm afraid this, uh, this uh, controversy has made many, uh, many, has fueled many frustration. The only positive point is that at least it has showed a, a broader audience that yes, the French was French uh, authorities were taking the lead in Europe for six months. Gotcha. Okay, fair enough. It possibly the wrong message put out there. We're taking it down. But um, let's look um, a little bit further abroad um, uh, that's also um, on the uh, French agenda in the uh, European Union over the next six months. And that is an EU-Africa summit. Um, it's also on the cards in the coming months. Now, of course, France's colonial history on the continent and current military engagement in the Sahel, um, you know, 
one can understand the importance of Africa when it comes to France, especially at home. Uh, but what is going to be the, on the agenda on a EU-Africa level. I mean, of course we know that education, investment uh, uh, will be there on the face of things, but in the corridors, will it be looking for more EU support for the military in the Sahel, more pressure on African countries to keep migrants at home? Um, What about the spread, of course, of the Russian influence in Africa Mm -hmm. under the aegis of the Wagner mercenary group? And of course, China, China, China. So what do you think is going to happen at that summit? Well, you have started by the, yeah, the ge- geopolitical, let's say, issues. I agree with uh, your list. I would add on top of it uh, the pandemic crisis. Pandemic, because, yeah, you know, sure. you are, we are dealing with the Omicron uh, virus and uh, this comes from South Africa. Mm-hmm. And there's a need to show more solidarity to African uh, countries because uh, as long as this virus will, will spread all over the world, it will come back on Europe. Yeah. Uh, so, everybody is so I think this sure. will be there the, on top, you know, the, yeah, the more solidarity, more of, in Africa, more vaccination, more vaccine, but also more vaccination, trying to cooperate with them better. You have, yes, the development of Africa because uh, Africa is, uh, is there uh, with a di- demography, which is very good for economy as long as you know, the, 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 the condition, the frames are there to, to, to allow this economic development, which would be beneficial for, for, for the Europeans. Mm-hmm. But you're right to, 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 uh, to, to underline that there are many geopolitical uh, uh, priorities and uh, you've mentioned security, yes, terrorism, migration is there as well. And I believe France, and it's a good illustration of, of what is a presidency in terms of setting the agenda, of course, France will try and convince uh, its uh, European partners to do more to with Africa, involved, yeah. to get involved, not to leave Africa under the influence of hostile powers. And yes, to try, even it's very challenging, but to try and take more, the most of this uh, relation. Africa is there to stay. We are <laughs> Europe, so we have to take care of Africa. No, it's not taking care, by the way. It's, we have to deal with Africa as, uh, as well as uh, the Americans have tried to deal with South America. No, it's and, as our uh, neighbor. Of it's, course, and it's Af- the same in, 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 in Asia with China, Japan, even if it's quite a different context. Now, back to more local uh, hotspots and spats closer to home here in France and, of course, the UK. Ironically, and coincidentally, France's presidency of the European Union came exactly one year to the day after Brexit. Mm. And, of course, uh, that was the last time that we uh, saw each other, Eve. Um, Macron and Boris Johnson openly do not get along at this stage. I mean, you have this fisheries and fishing license war uh, between the UK and France that remains unresolved. How do you think that France's EU presidency will be viewed by London or whether it will even be viewed or acknowledged at all by London at this stage? Well, it's going to be difficult. It will remain difficult as long as, uh, well, the Brexit is not exactly positive, I believe, if I want to be let's say <laughs> as neutral as possible but uh, I've seen that even the Telegraph is trying to have dots on the, yes. the, what is Brexit um, and as long as in France you have yes you have a, an, elect- an election and, it, it, and it, it's fair to say that uh, the UK is not very popular mm-hmm. uh, in France so it's, it's easy for Macron and either, even others to, to play the cards of you know yeah. being anti, anti-English I would even yeah. say not yeah, British yeah, yeah. Uh, 
on top of this, you also you also have very very yes uh, precise challenges. You migrations. I mean, people have died in in, uh, channel, in yeah. channel. You you have not only so this is not only Brexit. You have had uh, of course the Northern Irish Protocol. You have uh, um, well what could be a cooperation in geopolitical issues, but transform into a confrontation when dealing with the selling of submarines to Australia. So. <laughs> There would be a need to, to find more common grounds because, by the way, France and the UK are two very uh, important, powerful countries, member of the, of the UN uh, Permanent Security Council. But I'm afraid it won't happen in the last, uh, in the next month, yes, because, uh, because you know, the, the situation is too negative on both sides. Yeah. And uh, there, there are, yes, political pressure on the leaders. What France will do at the European level, is to try and be assertive as regards the, the Brits. Mm -hmm. But the positive thing is that there will be other countries a bit more open. And so I think this will strike a good balance uh, as regards the European position. And finally, Yves, um, the, I mentioned the motto earlier, um, relance, puissance, appartenance, like, uh, it's, you know, relaunch, strength and uh, belonging. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, now this has nothing to do with the French presidency, in the grand scheme of things, do you really think that six months is enough time to find compromise among 27 EU member states for any country at the helm of the chairmanship of the EU? Well, six months is enough, provided you have limited ambitions. You have some regulations, directives mm -hmm. on their way. So, for example, the... The, 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 the digital uh, market acts might be adopted under the French presidency, you, the, the idea to have minimum wages in all the, the countries. Why could it, should it be adopted? Simply because it has been prepared. So you're right to say it's a pr process, a long process. In, you know, in average, in, in Europe, you need two years, two years and a half to, to have a, a, a legal adoption. But to prepare this, you need to have political compromises. So France will uh, obtain some final legislative decisions on some topics. Yeah. On some others, it will rather be a political declaration of p declaration of intent. Of intent, yes. So, and of course, Macron will try to gather the most uh, uh, important decisions he, he wants to obtain, just to illustrate, not that he's going to reset Europe in six months, because it's impossible, and by the way, it's not useful, in my view, but that he tried to improve Europe yeah. uh, com consistently with what he had announced uh, long ago when he was elected. And put a feather in his cap at the end of his mandate at the helm of the EU. Yves Bertoncini, President of the Mouvement Européen France and former Director of the Jacques Delors Institute here in Paris. Thank you very much for thank being you. on Paris Perspective today. And thank you for watching today. And remember, you can always access Paris Perspective's editions on rfienglish.com forward slash podcasts and indeed in audio on wherever you get your podcasts or find your podcasts. Uh, for me, David Coffey, have a happy new year and Paris Perspective will be back in two weeks' time.